Welcome to the legend of It's Black. Justin Wright, or It's Black as he's better known all over the internet, is a close friend of mine. He's probably my favorite follow in all of social media. He gives us an inside look into what it's like to be a UPS driver. Watch his journey from car photographer to YouTuber to sim racing driver. It's an interesting story. It's probably one of my favorites. Definitely stick around and watch the whole episode. Also, if you want to discuss after the fact, check out the Discord. The link is in the description below. As always, I appreciate you always. Let's do this. How are you, bro? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. I'm tired, but I mean, that's just part of the grind. Yeah, that's part of the grind. Um, Last night, um, 11 o'clock at night, we went to go pick up a car. Um, Sam bought another car. Okay. Yeah. And it's, I guess I could spoil it here. I'm, I'm definitely going to do a vlog today yeah, about yeah. it, but it's an X5 diesel. Wow. Yeah. And they're pretty, they're pretty cool. Um, they sound really sick. Mm-hmm. And then, but the best part about it is, you know, we have four kids and then it's us two. So it's six. We could never fit everybody in the same car. Yeah. So every time we go on a road trip, we got to take two cars. It's like real annoying. So this, this one actually fits seven. So that's why she got it, and yeah, it's 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 dope. It's really it's really dope. So we we picked that up last night at eleven, and we got it from Dallas, Georgia. So it was like a little, over an hour drive. So then we got back, and then um, she went to bed, kids went to bed, and I went gaming. So. Yeah, <laughs> you've been playing a lot of uh, the sim racing. Yeah, I saw. yeah, yeah. It's, Love it. It's it's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> I saw. I, I was going through your YouTube channel and. Um, and, you know, I, I try to keep up with you and I clicked on the one where you vlogged having your first daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you were on the way there and she said something about her water and you said, I hope it doesn't mess up the leather. <laughs> <laughs> you had me rolling. Yeah. 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 So let me clear up some confusion because some people are probably confused. Like I said, we have four kids, but the Three boys are hers are mm-hmm. from her, you know, her ex-husband. So the daughter is mine. That's, yeah. So that's really my first child. So that's why I definitely had to vlog that of course. and, you know, go through those like emotions and stuff. And it was cool. It's it's definitely a different feeling. It definitely changed me as a person. Yeah. And um, makes me feel makes me feel important. Yeah. If that makes sense. And every day when I whenever I leave the house, I just focus on I got to I got to get home. Because I just had my first daughter, my first kid. She's five months old now. So I'm just in the thick of like being a dad yeah, and yeah. the world changing around me yeah. and the world looking different. Yeah. And everything just being put in perspective. Yeah. It's it's strange. Like nobody could explain that to me. I, I had to see it for myself. And then as soon as you see that baby yeah. come out and yeah. it's, I don't want to look. Did you look? I saw you I, recording, but did I, you look, look? I, I looked. <laughs> um it was it was interesting <laughs> <laughs> because you know like my wife was pushing and uh, she's like this is it like I can't do it anymore and <laughs> the doctor goes you need to look and tell her like how close she is mm. so I'm like all right because I promised myself I wasn't gonna look <laughs> and then I just kind of peeked over I was like oh you're you're there you just gotta go <laughs> you know like this is the moment yeah, you're yeah. there there's no turning back at this point <laughs> you know and. Um, it's like a snapshot of a memory yeah. because it happened so fast, so quick, so many emotions at one time. 
and all of a sudden like there's this baby here and i was like oh shit yeah like i gotta grow up yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it yeah. just changed everything but i think it's the best thing ever and um i'm so happy you know yeah. it changed the way i perceive life it changed uh, what i see what i think about life mm -hmm. uh, what i want to do with my life i mean i feel like it's just changed me completely yeah definitely and um it changed the way i drive because mm. like i said I, I i feel the importance of coming home i mean i'm not saying i don't drive fast ever but i definitely am not as reckless as i used to be i'm like i do not want to <laughs> crash tonight like for example like i used to go to mexico all the mm -hmm. time um just like you meet at the gas station get on you know such and such highways and um yeah, we would go out there and play all the time. And then I would do that maybe at least once a week, just, mm -hmm. just you know, just for fun. And ever since I had Olivia, I never went. And I, it wasn't like on purpose. It wasn't in my head like, no, I'm not going to Mexico. I'm not going. I just realized one day, it was probably like a year, a year went by. And I was like, I haven't been to Mexico in a very long time. Didn't even think about Didn't it. Didn't even think about it. It just. It, it wasn't important. It's crazy yeah. how like your <laughs> lifestyle just switches in one shot. Yeah. And uh, it's not conscious. It's yeah. not something I'm like, I'm going to be better. It's yeah. just I'm all of a sudden better. Yeah. So. Well, congratulations. Well, That's awesome. You. Congratulations to you, too. Thank you. Appreciate I know, it. I know it's a struggle. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. in the part where she was sleeping. And I was like, this is the easiest thing ever because she was yeah. sleeping all night. And then all of a sudden she's not. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I the, feel like I'm ground zero all over again. Yeah, the, the patterns <laughs> change a lot. Even now, my daughter's. Two. She turned two in August, and even now she still goes through the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes she'll sleep all through the night for like a week or two, and then all of a sudden she just doesn't want to sleep anymore. Oh, so there's no it, hope. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's yeah. You still got to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> My advice: um, get her in a crib. Getting get it get her used to sleeping in a crib as soon as you can, because we did not do that, mm. and she still sleeps with us. We started that I think the second or third day she was home. Good. The yeah. first couple of days, we had like a bassinet next to our bed, and we're like, yeah. "All right, she's got to sleep next to us. We gotta like watch her. Mm -hmm. What if she stops breathing at night? Yeah. You know, like yeah, all I, kinds I, of I panic. Think about all that stuff too. <laughs> you know, I'm like peeking over, like, is she breathing? I'm like, wake up my wife. Just make sure she's okay. You know. <laughs> and then after like a few days, we're like, we have this nursery. She has this crib. You know, technology is fantastic. We have this mm -hmm. camera there. Mm -hmm. You know, like we just gotta do it because we can't go down this route. Yeah. And uh, it was not easy, but I'm glad we did because she likes her crib. She likes sleeping there and uh, it creates a separation a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, bro. Yeah, we, we yeah, we made the mistake of waiting too long. And it's just it's like next to impossible. <laughs> like, it's, like we have a crib. She probably slept in the crib maybe six nights by herself mm. <laughs> over the last two years. It's it's a struggle. And I think biggest the biggest issue is like. It seems like she's claustrophobic because when all four of the sides are up, you put her in there, she starts screaming immediately. Mm. And so we actually took one side down, you know, that way she can go in and out. So we, she slept on it the first night and was like, okay, that's all we had to do is take this side down. And now the second night she's sleeping and I, I'm up watching TV and I literally watch her wake up and climb into the bed and go right back to sleep. She's <laughs> like so used to being close to us. It's like, oh man, we messed up. <laughs> and and the internet scares you into thinking that you can't sleep with your kid uh-huh because you know at first we're looking through it and uh, they're like oh if you sleep with your baby then they're gonna suffocate themselves and then yeah. they talk about the <laughs> sudden baby death or whatever yeah, and yeah 
uh, sudden infant death syndrome. And I was yeah. like, what is this? You know? <laughs> and then you start going down the rabbit hole and it's just fear and fear mm-hmm. and fear. And like, but if you want to protect it yourself from this, buy this. Yeah. And if you're worried about your baby, <laughs> buy this and buy this. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, little, yeah, fuck, they're just of, shilling me product. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of strategy there. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> make tactic. the new parents so scared that they just want to buy everything. Yeah. And we bought everything. <laughs> we don't use 90% of the baby stuff that you have, you know? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> All right. So just to kind of walk us right through, mm-hmm. in the Atlanta car community, you have like this almost cult-like following, <laughs> right? Uh, people, anytime you talk about cars, people are like, oh, something, something black. And everyone's like, oh, black. <laughs> <laughs> and people know you. When I first met you, um, it was through car photography. Mm-hmm. And I was getting my, I had a BMW i8 camo at that time. Yes, yes, and I remember that. Timmy was like, oh, you need to have black shoot your car. <laughs> I was like, black? Like, who's black? And he's like, he's black. I'm like, that's his name? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, we met and I was like, this guy's like so legit, so good at what he does. And then over the years, I've got to know you a little bit. I followed your journey and you drive for UPS. Mm -hmm. You used to Snapchat that a lot. (laughs) And then I watched you become a YouTuber and a vlogger. And then you start building drift cars and doing that on your channel. And now you're doing um, YouTube sim racing, yes, which is something that you recently started. And yes. I think that's going pretty well. Yeah. And we'll touch on that. Uh, but if I had to sum up all of it in one word, I'd say you're like a grinder. Yeah, I, I definitely say that. Um, I just, I have a goal. And I feel like I can't stop until I reach that goal. And especially, you mentioned I work at UPS. I do work at UPS. Been there 15 years. Um, I say maybe over the last five years, I have completely decided I'm not retiring from that job. Mm. Like I'm, I'm ready to give it up like ASAP. So in order to do that, I have to grind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it be YouTube or you know anything off, off the market. Like, like um. I even started like Etsy selling like random t-shirts, mm-hmm. which is pretty tough. It is pretty tough because there's a lot of competition on Etsy, but I sold a couple, but it's a start. But I'm um, just, just trying to do like, you know, home businesses, stuff that can make the money or at least close to the money I do make at work. And that way I can quit work. It is not, it's, I know it's like the hard part of making that plunge, that uh, commitment I know a lot of people would say, you know what, just just quit and just go for it, which is, you know, maybe a few years earlier I should have did that. But um, now, again, with Olivia, you got to think about the future. It's not easy yeah. to just transition and give up your mm-hmm. regular income stream. Yeah. Knowing that you have a family yeah. and you have your own daughter there that you just. Yeah, it's guaranteed. So it's kind of hard to just give up something guaranteed in hopes that something else will work. Like, I'm not saying I don't I have confidence that it will. But, I mean, you still have to have that thought in the back of your mind that there is a possibility that it won't work. So so I have this picture on in my office at home, and it's a picture that you took, mm-hmm. and it's uh, printed on metal. It's probably something I consider my most prized possession. <laughs> I absolutely love that thing. <laughs> and it's just this epic picture that you took. And, um, and if I 
if I my house was to burn down and I had to save ten things, <laughs> that picture that you took for my car back in the day, that would be on that list. Is it the red Lamborghini with the lights across it? That's exactly I love it. that picture. That's such I a sick love picture. That picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from top down, yeah. kind of the front view. And um, yeah, if I had to save ten things in my household, that would be on that list. I just absolutely love it. <laughs> you know, so if anyone's watching or listening and um, you want to get the most epic picture of your car and get it printed and put it in your office, because again, I love this thing. Um, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> so then touching back into kind of your movement um, of all these different things that you do, if you had to sum up who is black, how would you describe yourself? It's a great question. Um you said a grinder, but somebody that's really focused and committed. Um, I like to set my eyes on a goal and I have tunnel vision and I just work towards that goal every day, no matter how tired I am, how I feel physically, emotionally. It's just like I know what I need to do. Just like last night when I said I came home from an hour long drive, also went to work yesterday. So, of course, I'm exhausted when we got back at like after 12 o'clock, but. When I went down to play video games, I'm filming episodes. It wasn't just for fun. I mean, it is fun. That's what I do love about it. But it was also work. So I was like, let me go. I filmed two videos last night and, you know, I got to edit and put them up. But it was coming home, being tired. But no, let me let me go do some work and then I'll go to bed. So I didn't go to bed till like three o'clock last night. And I knew I had the podcast. So I set two alarms to make sure I didn't miss it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just um, I'm just just highly committed on what my goal is and just very determined, I guess is how I would describe myself. I think in this day and age, um, we get so many men that fall into their own feelings mm-hmm. and they feel sad or they feel depressed or they don't want to do something and that hinders them from moving forward. Mm-hmm. And what we need more of is people just doing their shit regardless of how they feel. Because we're men, we have responsibilities. We got stuff we got to do. And you can't put that aside just because you're feeling a certain way, which is kind of promoted these days to, you know, be emotional. Yeah. And how do you separate that? Uh, Because you you work a hard job in the daytime. And then you film and you do this. And you have to take (laughs) care of your family. And you got to spend time with your daughter because you don't want to neglect her either. Mm -hmm. And that's like the most precious part of the day. How do you balance all of that? Uh, it's just don't give up. That's the best way to describe it. Because um, there's plenty of times, that's where a lot of people do make the mistake. Obviously, they give up. But, I mean, they just they give up because they make excuses. They say, oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't know how to do this. It's only hard to do something because you don't know how to do it. I remember when I first started blogging and it took me a while to start blogging because like you said, I was on Snapchat. I was with the Instagram stories. I was vlogging every day. So when I picked up an actual camera, um, I already had the experience for it. So I kind of picked it up like that. But I used to make the excuses when people tell me, why don't you like actually vlog and post on YouTube? I used to make the excuses of, I don't know what camera to use. Um, I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do any of that. So one day it's like, why do I keep making excuses? And I just went to Best Buy, bought a camera filmed my first vlog, and I said, I'm going to figure out how to edit. And I downloaded Adobe Premiere, no, Adobe Premiere, I think Rush, I think was like the cheaper version. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I kind of got my, you know, limited version of that. And 
I was like, okay, I need more. So then I got pro it. And then again, you load up those programs. They're so confusing to learn, but I'm like, you know, what? I, I got to figure it out. So I just started playing around with it, found some YouTube channels, gave you some good tutorials. And, and basically just, I just had a goal, didn't give up. And now editing is easy for me. So there's plenty of other things like um, the sim drifting that I do that, that was hard when I first started, but I do have a little bit of, you know, driving experience when it comes to sim drifting, but a lot of that does transfer over, but it is a completely different feel. But I mean, it's just, we could talk about that later, but it's, it's basically just have a goal. Don't give up because it's only hard because you don't know how to do something. Hmm. And once you figure it out, you realize it's not that hard. I remember my, my job was hard. I almost quit my job when I became a driver, like after like two weeks. The first week you go out with um, supervisor, he's like riding along and teaching you how to do stuff. And then you go out on your own. And when I went on my own, it's like I got like deer in headlights. I completely forgot everything you taught me all last week. I was so behind. He was calling me. He was like, hey, man, where you at? How, how much stuff you got left? And I was like, I can't do this. I remember I called my mom and said, mom, I can't do this. I know I tried so hard to get to this driving position because to get to driving position it took me six years. I had to load in mm. the hub for six years to become a driver. And when I finally got there, I was happy. It was a big promotion and something that, you know, I knew was like for like a full career. And I called my mom. I was like, I can't do this. It's too hard. And she told me, you can do this. You got this. Just, just, just focus. Just don't give up. And that's exactly what I did. And ever since then, I'm like, okay, I can do this. So now even doing my routes, even though they are heavy, <laughs> yeah. I can still knock them out when I'm like, when I really focus on doing it. And because you put up some of your loads sometimes <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy yeah. and there's shit everywhere. It's packed like a closet. Ridiculous. How do you even get through all of that? I mean, um, how many deliveries are you doing in a day? On average, well, I used to do between 180 and 200, but they actually lowered it a little bit because they added a pickup to my route. Like they built a UPS store on my route. So now I have an extra pickup. So they had to compensate a little bit for that. So now maybe 150, 160 stops, but packages, it's like 330. And it's a lot. So it looks like a closet in the mornings and basically you just got to pick a side, start. And just clear out whatever you clear out a little bit of space, you or start to organize it and it just gets easier throughout the day. But but uh Is a lot of what you're picking up at the store Amazon returns now? Yes. <laughs> right? yes. When I go to the UPS store, <laughs> that you the UPS store next to my house, the whole behind the counter, <laughs> the whole left of the counter, the right of the counter, it's all you yes. Amazon returns. Yes. And I walked in the other day and there was this one lady there. And she had like boxes like this. And within that box was like multiple boxes. <laughs> and I'm like, how much shit is this lady buying and just returning? And how can Amazon possibly make money? Yeah, I, I question that all the time. It's insane because you return something on Amazon. Sometimes they'll tell you, don't even send it back. Yeah. I ever ordered the shower curtain and I didn't read the, destruct, uh, the description well enough and it wasn't long enough. So I said, oh, I can't use this. So I went to send it back and they said, just keep it. But they gave me my money back immediately. I'm like, what? Yeah, how how are they making money when I see all these returns? And now it's yeah. such a thing where my wife is like, I'm just going to buy on Amazon because you can yeah. return it yeah. anytime. If I don't like it, all right, whatever. Yeah. And she opens it, she like touches it, then puts it back in the box. And they're like, I'll keep half the shit. So we just have a whole garage of just Amazon stuff they let us keep. I don't know how they make money. I don't know if it's, it's a sustainable business model. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So everyone calls you black. Yes. 
How'd you get that nickname? So it started in, I want to say it started in middle school. When I was in middle school, I was a skateboarder. And I was it was pretty rare to see a black skateboarder at the time. Mm. So everybody in middle school used to call me black skater. I was the only one at the school that was a black skateboarder. So they called me black skater. I signed my yearbook, black skater, everything. When I got to high school, it was a bigger population. There was more. There was maybe like five or six black skaters. So they didn't want to just call me black skater. So I was like, man, I need another name. I was walking home with my friend Andrew, um, and we were we were trying to holler some holler at some girls. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is long before you, Sam. This is you know, this, <laughs> I didn't even know you existed. You know what I'm saying? It's like I would have never even wasted my time trying to talk to them if I knew you were waiting for me in my life. So, Quick asterisk. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Um, so we were we were we were talking to these girls and. They asked her for our name. So my friend went first, said, my name's Andrew. So then she looked at me, said, what's your name? And in a split second, I said, my name is Black. <laughs> my friend cracked up so hard that the, the whole hollering at the girls thing just died off. Like they were laughing. I was laughing. And it was, it was just it was funny. And then the next day when we went to school, because he was the only one to hear that. The next day he went to school, every he we walk around the school, he's introducing, yo, you know what his name is? His name is Black. <laughs> he's telling everybody that. And ever ever since then, I was just I just went by black. So high school, 1999, I've been black. And um it's almost a nickname that you wouldn't be able to do today. Yeah. Because things are so different now yeah. than it was then, where we understood the humor in that. Yeah. And it was funny and it was kind of endearing in a certain way hmm. but if you were to do that now i don't know if you could get away with it yeah because i still even now sometimes i'll get some youtube comments that are like why do you focus so much on black and like that i remember one guy said i'd be more successful if i didn't focus so much on being black which is crazy yeah because <laughs> the name just says it's black and i mean personally if you know me you know i go by that nickname yeah. if you don't personally know me you don't know i actually go by that nickname yeah and like it's black. I mean, I have a black car that's pretty much been, you know, the main focus of my personality. And I could say the car, it's black. That's what I'm talking about. But they don't they, they instantly just, you know, assume race and stuff like that, which I mean, they're not wrong. But yeah, it's just it's just funny. So when I made my gaming channel, I knew I didn't want to call it. It's black gaming because I was like, um, and, you know, friends told me just, go, just, <laughs> I can just see call that. it. Yeah, just call it. It's black gaming. I was like, no, nah, I don't. I'm a. I'm a kind of stay away from the it's black name this time. But mm -hmm. um, I tried to come up with other names. Nothing really stuck. And then I came up with um, IB drifting, which mm -hmm. is you know it's in you know it's double entendre. It's yeah. IB. It's black. So, but it's also IB drifting, which is kind of catchy. So I like that. Yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. So I came up with that name. I was at work and it just popped up in my head. I'd be drifting. I'd be drifting. So I texted it to myself so I wouldn't forget. Yeah. And then I just made the logo and stuff when I got home. I like it. I like it. I think it's really catchy. I think yeah. it fits your persona and yeah. who you are. So then you have um, your wife, Sam, is mm -hmm. white. Mm -hmm. That means your kids are mixed. Yeah. They're all mixed. So They're all mixed. Yeah. How do you think that's going to be going? Have you ever thought about that? Because... It's again, it's kind of weird these days. And uh, is that something you consider? Think about like how are they going to deal with that moving forward? Um, they or is that not really a part of your world? It, I try to ignore it. They have dealt with some racist stuff because they are mixed, but they at least 
at least two of them, you know, look more black than they do white. And um, they've definitely dealt with some racist stuff. Um, so it's, it is kind of hard. And I don't know what Olivia's going to be like when she grows up. So, I mean, she already has super curly hair. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's tricky. That's a tricky one. Yeah, it's not easy. Basically, have to see what happens. I think as time goes by, though, um, the years go by, it's going to be less and less because there are more mixed races now. And But that's what I thought when I was in high school, mm-hmm. that it's going to get better and it's going to get better. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, yeah. I feel like all this race stuff just popped out of nowhere when I thought things were great. Yeah, that's You know, true. like I'm obviously not white, you know, I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm Korean and I grew up in a time where it was kind of weird to be Asian because there was not a lot of Asian people around. And I moved to Georgia where they say this is where all the racism would be right mm-hmm. down the South. <laughs> and I never felt it. Was- and, and then the last couple of years, it's like everyone's talking about it. I'm like, wait, like I'm fine. I always felt fine. I never felt like weird about being here, but now they're like pushing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It was because um, I grew up in California and California was, you know, super universal. Like there was me. Um, our neighbors over there were Filipino. The neighbors over here were Mexican. The neighbors across the street were in a cul-de-sac were white. So everybody was mixed and everybody played with each other. There was basketball goals in the middle. And that's when I started to learn skateboarding from the white kids across the street. So, I mean, it was it was super mixed then. But yeah, some sometimes now nowadays you go to certain areas and it's you know predominantly this, predominantly that, and it's just you know so it it is still hard to find a mix. Some, but I mean, I guess I guess we'll see over time. We do the best we can. Yeah. So you used to snap almost every day when Snapchat was. I don't know if Snapchat's as big as it used to be. No, it definitely definitely died. But you used to snap every day. From your UPS truck. Yes. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and actually, there's a guy in my office, Will. And when I was going over a list of people that I want to bring in to do a podcast, and I was making a list, he was like, you need to get black. <laughs> I was like, how do you know black? And he's like, you told me about him like three or four years ago, and I've been following him ever since. And you have to have black. And then the next day, I'm like, okay, this is my list. I have people to talk to. He's like, did you talk to black? <laughs> you know, just constantly because they were so excited. And he's like, I can't believe he's coming on Saturday. I've never met him. I really wanted to meet him. That's funny. You know, but you stopped doing it. Why? There, there was an update. I think, I think everybody knows the Snapchat update. They pretty much ruined everything. So doing Snapchat, it was, um, if you had my Snapchat, you can view it. You type in, it's black on Snapchat. You search me up, you can view it. And then they did that update to where I had to add you as a friend for you to view my story, which is a lot of people I would have to add because, I mean, I was averaging like three to 4,000 views a day on Snapchat, like on my snaps. So it was a, you know, it was a lot of people watching it. And it just like over time, like I'm getting people adding me all the time. It was just... um, and you can't add them all back. Yeah, I can't add them all that all back. So once they did that update, I noticed the views dropped like a lot. And then I got messages, yo, add me back, add me back, add me back. I was like, man, I can't do this. So that's when I went to Instagram story. And Instagram stories, like, you know, if you have my name, you can just look me up. So I told everybody on Snapchat, yo, I'm going to Instagram. 
and then I started doing that on Instagram. So I don't, I guess, um, I'm, I, I'm trying to decide which one I really liked better. I want to say I like Snapchat better because Snapchat was more, it was more private. It was kind of like, if you know, you know, yeah. Instagram is kind of like, I feel like my supervisors watch my Instagram. I'm not sure. So, <laughs> so I try to, I kind of limit what I put on there now, uh, versus what I used to put on there before. Yeah, that's, I guess what I was going to ask you is, um, did you feel the pressure from UPS to, yeah, to kind of limit what you're doing? Yeah. I think, again, when you went to Instagram is when it slowed down. Yeah. And you stopped doing it as much. Yeah. Because when you were on Snapchat, it was I like... Was, I was going crazy. It was raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything I was putting on Snapchat was crazy. Uh-huh. Like not even just work, like going out Saturday nights and yeah. stuff. I was doing whatever on there. But um, yeah, once I got to Instagram is... Like I'm more, I'm more public now. I should probably chill out a little bit. So that's exactly what I did. So, so as a UPS driver, what are some pet peeves you have in delivering packages, either for customers or the delivery itself? What kind of irks you? So you mentioned Amazon returns earlier. Mm. I don't know if you, if you return something to Amazon, you have the option to either take it to the store. Or have somebody pick it up, which is a call tag. We get a little sticker. We come pick it up, put a label on there. And like you said, there's some people that just order on Amazon just to return. So there's some <laughs> houses on my route that's damn near every day I'm picking stuff up. And it's it's okay if they leave the stuff on the porch. I'm, I'm fine. I like That's my preference. Just leave it on the porch, a little post-it note, Amazon return. So I come up there, slap the label, I'm gone. But some people, you got to knock on the door and got to hope they come outside and then when they do come outside, oh, I didn't know you were coming today. Let me go grab it real quick. And they run in the back <laughs> in the house. They're in the house, like shuffling around for five minutes, trying to find a box. I'm like, yo, just, just bring it to me. I'll, I'll find something for it. <laughs> like, yeah. So that that slows me down. Um, some of the other ones, I'm, I don't know. I guess it's just that was, that was definitely the biggest one. Uh, there's other. There's nothing really crazy that pops in my mind as pet peeves, but. Is it that you've been doing it so long now that you've just gotten used to it? Yeah, it all it doesn't kinda, bother you as yeah, anymore. It all kind of blends together now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the returns is definitely one that gets on my nerves. Amazon returns, I can, I mean, I can see that because again, my wife just loves to return stuff. Yeah. To Amazon. <laughs> so then, is there a rivalry between UPS, FedEx, and Amazon drivers? Because I'm sure you guys meet. At certain points. <laughs> yeah, we meet all the time. There's no real rivalry. We, like, we'll say what's up to each other, but there's definitely a difference in quality. Mm. Like, I see that all the time. Like, I literally walked into a house. I actually put this on my Instagram story one time. I walked up to a house. In the driveway was an Amazon package. Close to the front door was a FedEx package. <laughs> and me, I always leave packages right next to the door. So it was funny. Like, I literally walked by each delivery company and... And did that. And there's other places um, on my route that have elevators to apartments. And when I walk in there, FedEx and Amazon, they'll leave everything in the lobby. And me, I'll actually take the elevators up and leave them at people's doors. And and people say, thank you for actually bringing it to my door. So there's definitely a difference in quality and service. But you think that's training in general of UPS versus FedEx for Amazon? Or is that you? I think it could it could be both because I do know some UPS drivers that are kind of lazy, but there's also 
I think it's discipline because if people call in a UPS, hey, he's leaving in my lobby. Can he bring it to my door? Then they're going to be like, hey, why aren't you leaving this at the door? I think FedEx, because FedEx, I believe, is like their own contractors or something. I think they just buy the route Mm -hmm. and run whatever. So I think they just do it however they feel like doing it. Same thing with Amazon. Um, I talked to another Amazon driver online. And when he was an Amazon driver, he doesn't even do the same route every day, which is you know, so that can throw you off, too, because sometimes you don't even know where you're going every day. So you may not know you need to go to the door. So I kind of cut him some slack for that. But it's uh, I think discipline is the reason we do a better job. Because I didn't know that. So UPS, you work directly for UPS. Yes. The FedEx drivers buy their route yes, and they contract and they probably lease the truck or something from FedEx. Yeah, that's what I hear. Because I hear they have to pay for their own gas and everything. Mm-hmm. So, And then Amazon, one person buys the entire distribution route of an area and then hires drivers almost yeah. like they hire Ubers, it seems like. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Hmm. So it's interesting. It's like three, I mean, it, I mean, literally it's three different companies, but it's three different style companies also. And you like the UPS model better? Or have you thought uh, about going over to something else um i don't think i would switch because i do like the discipline i do like um doing the same route every day i do i do like having i i I guess i don't know how to explain it i guess i do like the ups model the best Mm. and i like i like being part of the best i like being looked at in a positive light majority of the time i know some people hate ups and stuff etc i get it i mean sometimes packages don't show up but for the most part that's not on the driver you know because i had a package the other day that a guy was looking for and he's like hey man it's supposed to show up this day it's supposed to show up this way it's not it's not here and like hey honestly i don't know i just come in i grab the keys of the truck and i deliver what i have and i have to explain that to people sometimes because they think that i mean i am the communicator for that situation but they think that it's my fault. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have nothing to do with it. Like, if I have it, I'm delivering it. But if I don't have it, there's nothing I can really do about it. Because people get so mad these days when their packages don't arrive. Yeah. Just even a few years ago, if it's supposed to be there today and it arrives tomorrow, people gave it a little bit of slack. Mm-hmm. And then Amazon came around and promised everything prime. Two days. Two yeah. days or one day. And now, if you don't have it at 10 a.m. when it said delivered by 10 a.m., people are like... <laughs> End of the world. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, this is what's going on. They're calling Amazon. They're calling UPS. They're calling everyone complaining. Yeah. yeah. And no patience. Yeah. I mean, I think most of that is because everybody has tracking numbers on their phone. They get emails and everything updates immediately. Back then, you order something, it'll show up in a few days. Eventually, you come home from work, there's something sitting on the front porch. Oh, yeah. I forgot I ordered that. But, there was a little drama yeah. to that, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I wonder when it's going to arrive. Yeah, exactly. And then it arrives. And yeah. it's like a kid at Christmas. You yeah. Know? And now you're just like checking every little information. They even have tracking for UPS trucks now, which mm. actually scares me because like someone could be expecting something and they can track my truck on a route. And I like people have met me like in the driveway, like I saw you guys were coming. <laughs> that's so scary. Like, um, because I was doing, I've also had a bunch of late nights that I displayed on Snapchat. I was doing a route. It was shortly after. Remember Snowmageddon? Yes. <laughs> Everything yes. shut down for like a week and a half. Yeah, we shut down too. So of course, when we came back, it was an absolute mess. I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we were. It took us like 
two weeks to catch up. And every day we were out, like everybody was out to like 10 o'clock at night. So I remember I pulled into this dark neighborhood. I'm delivering, you know, whenever I can. By the way, when it gets too dark, I don't knock on anybody's doors because I can tell that story <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> but I was, um, I pulled into this neighborhood and all of a sudden this car pulls right up behind me like super slow and i see him walking towards the truck i'm like i'm about to get robbed like i'm like scared as hell then he walks up he shows his phone hey you have a package for me i'm like what the hell i mean it's like 10 o'clock at night i'm like god that was scary he's like yeah i actually do i just haven't made it to your house yet so i gave him the package but there was a time I actually explained this on the flex cast where um i'm delivering late at night and this road is like a long dirt road because you know how Georgia is, how a lot of stuff, you know, is country. And then you got big houses next to it. So I deliver to a, like old country, country house. And I'm walking down the driveway super late. You know, I'm walking on gravel. So you hear rocks and then you see and then I also have my flashlight on my, you know, my scanner so I can see where I'm going. And I just see this guy like look at me through the window. And then he walks away. And then he comes back and he's standing. I can see a silhouette. The lights are on in the living room. I can see a silhouette through the screen door. And he's holding a shotgun on the side of his hip. Fuck. And he says, yo, who is that? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm holding up the package with the light. I'm like, it's UPS. I have a package for you. He's like, oh, all right. And he walks away and he comes back and meets me at the door. I'm like, this dude's about to blow my brains out. <laughs> so, yeah, when, I get, when it gets too late, when it gets dark, I'm like a ninja. Delivering packages, like hopefully you see the tracking number. I'm like, uh, like I don't want to make any noises, make you know, alarm anybody while they're eating dinner or something. So, so yeah, that scared that scared the hell out of me. Do you feel an increase in crime or safety? Yeah, um, feel I definitely feel like crime has been going up lately. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot of stories of us getting robbed or anything because I think. Nowadays, everybody knows people just order random Amazon stuff like dustpans and, you know, there's nothing really important in a lot of these boxes. But there have been some stories, um, especially arguments. Actually, at our hub, I don't know who the guy was, but he got in an argument with somebody and he got shot. Ooh. Yeah, he survived. But, I mean, that was at our hub. So that's, you know, think about stuff like that all the time. So it is kind of a scary job because a lot of people can look at us you know, like where the Brinks truck or something like there's a whole bunch of packages on there that we could probably, you know, sell it or do whatever with it. And just catch the wrong kid on the wrong day. Yeah. And exactly. he's like, I just need a payday. Yeah. And sometimes we do have some expensive stuff on the trucks. Like, um, remember, um, this was a few years ago. I, I didn't deliver it, but I picked it up from a UPS store as a Breitling watch. Hmm. And it was like, you know, I had to sign a paper and everything. I think it was like worth 18 or 19 grand. And it's like, I would not want to have that on a truck. You know, that is, that is scary. So that's definitely something that, I mean, if somebody knows it's coming or something, then, you know, so especially iPhone day, we have a lot of, you know, we always deliver yeah. all the iPhones. So that must be a nervous day. Yeah. Cause everyone wants them. That's yeah. a, that's exactly the day where people are like, I can't believe it's not showing up. Yeah. That's when everyone's <laughs> on edge. I just yeah. spent, thousand yeah. dollars on a phone and i want this now and, and today's a delivery day and i'm not getting it <laughs> yeah and it's funny that's the day i meet the most people at the driveway because as soon oh, as i really? come up like i'll be waiting for this like of course you were <laughs> so we, we kind of touched a little bit on um how we met and car photography mm -hmm. 
And I told you that I have this picture in my house, which I absolutely love. And something that I always noticed about you that you were always prepared. Mm-hmm. You had scouted, pre-scouted all the locations. Yeah. You knew exactly what shots you want to take. And then later on, you'd be like, hey, I have an idea. I'm going to try something different. But you'd get through kind of what you had almost storyboarded in your mm-hmm. mind. What makes a good car picture? If it, simply put, if it makes you, this is my focus. Every single time I take a picture, I try to picture it on a wall. Mm. And that's exactly what it is. When I go to set up a picture, I get the angles like, would this look good on a wall? Like, would it look good printed out? So every time I take a picture, every time I send you a picture, I picture in my mind, would he want that on the wall? And obviously put one on a wall. So I did something right. But that's the way I always look at it. Um, I always try to focus more on the car, not as much as the background. I do pick specific parts um, and streets and stuff, depending on the car, you know, try to like a, like a Lamborghini, for example, I try to pick like city buildings because it's kind of like that elegant part, you know, like an elegant scene. And I kind of try to tie that together. If I'm shooting like a drift car or something, I try to find some back alley road or something, you know, that kind of shows off, you know, that, but I don't focus too much on the background. I focus more on the car, but I do want something in the background that kind of lets you know where you're at. So that is my focus when I shoot and what I think is a good picture. I think focus, of course, focus on what is important. Like if I'm taking a wheel shot, I try to get the logo of the wheel or, you know, maybe the brakes or something. I try to focus on that and then, you know, kind of blur out the rest of the background. So basically when you look at a picture, there's always one thing that's going to immediately draw your eye. And I try to make sure that is the focus. So there's a lot of young car photographers out there mm-hmm. when you go to one of the car meets or one of these shows everywhere yeah what do they get wrong mm. it's hard to say because now cameras have advanced so much that you can shoot automatic mode and get a good picture now so it, it's i don't know if you notice i don't really shoot as much anymore yeah and most of that is is two reasons one because like i said um my grind is just focused on other things i'd rather spend my time doing you know youtube or other stuff than i do with photography because photography i mean it does take a while like you know we've scheduled a few shoots like you have to meet at a certain time and then shoot for a few hours and i have to go home and edit and i think about all that time it takes to shoot and it's like i could have did this this and this instead so i try to focus more on that now but um, as far as technology, like I said, I have, I did, I do good with what I have, but it is outdated. I have a Nikon D750, and now everything is mirrorless. Everything has crazy focus. These new lenses, like I've seen people just take random photos. I'm like, my camera cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, but um, as far as what I think they get wrong, um, it definitely colors make a big difference. Uh, focus points make a big difference and i think a lot of them just like i said they shoot automatic mode automatic mode will not take a manual picture like it it just won't do it but um the thought and process the thought and process yeah there's composition there's a lot of stuff to learn about it there's you know lighting and shadows and what to make dark what to make bright and i think a lot of them are just like so basic where they kind of just look like cell phone photos and 
that is that is something a lot of people, a lot of new people need to focus on. And I mean, there's you can learn a lot from YouTube. Yeah. Like I learned a lot from YouTube. I learned a lot just from playing around. When I first got my camera, I was sitting in bed and I had my knee just like, you know, I'm sitting there just taking pictures on my knee and I'm literally just changing setting after setting just to see what each setting does until, you know, I kind of figured out how to work a camera and what all these apertures and stuff, all that stuff means. So, Because when I see a picture that you took versus a picture someone else took and they may have, you know, really nice equipment or whatever, your picture, it's just better. <laughs> you know? and i think i've told you that so many times in my life that i love a black picture <laughs> you know it's just something about yeah. it it's just there's kind of an edge to it uh, at the same time it's very thoughtful and that's what i would describe it as it's a really thoughtful picture mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people just want to take the same picture mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't stand out yeah. like something maybe you do does yeah yeah i can see that so you do stuff on YouTube, obviously you do vlogs. And the favorite thing that you used, you used to do on YouTube, and I had to ask where it's, when it's coming back. When is the Wish.com series coming back? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. It, it, so Wish.com was really, really fun. The reason I stopped doing it is because it was... I guess it wasn't growing fast enough. And it costs a lot of money mm. because I'm ordering stuff. I know Wish stuff is cheap, but, I mean, shipping isn't exactly cheap. So, I mean, you're still paying for this. And it's just I I wasn't exactly getting a return on it. And 90% of that stuff I'd never used again. Yeah. I, I said, I, like, I know in my videos, I'm like, yo, I love this thing. I'm actually going to use this again. And then I put it in the closet. Never like, again. <laughs> wait, I forgot I even had this. <laughs> so um, it was like, I don't want to call it a waste of money. Because it was content, but it was just it was just costing too much. And then, even though modding cars and stuff is still costs a lot more than that, but at least when I mod a car, that's stuff I use. Mm-hmm. So when I mod a car, I get new wheels, I do a turbo kit, whatever I do, I get to enjoy the car whether I'm doing YouTube or not. That's why I started doing YouTube because I was already doing this stuff. Like, and then it was just like I might as well film it and you know get something back. So. That's kind of where I'm at. So that's why I haven't really done any Wish. I did love them. I thought they were so yeah. much fun. Yeah, they they were fun. They yeah. were hilarious. I was cracking up editing <laughs> they, the videos. Making the videos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it was a blast. So may, maybe I'll bring it back one day, but it'd have to be when it doesn't cost so much out of my pocket, yeah. you know, to make sense. So if, Of the stuff you've bought on Wish.com, is there anything that you actually end up keeping and using? Um, there's yeah, my I bought that that uh, Fresh Prince jersey. What was the I forgot what it was called? The Bel Air. Uh-huh. I bought that from I think it was fourteen dollars. It was a jersey from uh, you know Fresh Prince of Bel Air that Bel Air Academy or something. I wear that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I bought um, I bought a fake gold chain for two dollars. I do wear that on occasion. <laughs> Um, there's there's a couple things I still use. Uh, the shoes were very uncomfortable. The worst. Yeah, yeah. They were they were the, the bottom soles feel like paper. So the, the, those didn't those didn't last long. I threw those away. I had a little gaming system. I played that a few times, mm-hmm. but for the most part, yeah, I don't I don't use a lot of it. I did buy a sticker pack, I think. And I actually sticker bought my toolbox, so that's kind of cool because I had a bunch of and there was a there. I remember that there was a 
ton of stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did use I did use those. So I think we should bring it back. I hope it comes back one day. I hope the next one you do does a million views so that you just keep on doing it because I don't know. I, I enjoyed them a lot. Uh, you love cars. Yes. Um, I think anyone that names their cars shows that they love cars. Yes. You have popcorn. Yeah. You have yeah. ebony. Uh, popcorn. Um, that was the license plate just because, you know, it has burble tune. It sounds like popcorn. Her name is actually Maya. Really? Yeah. Maya, Contrary to my, public belief, yeah, Maya, setting the record straight my, here. Yeah, Maya the M3. <laughs> Ebony, which is a huge part of your channel. Yes. And the cars on your channel almost have like a life of their own. Mm -hmm. They're like characters. Yeah. And people relate to them. And yeah. you have merch with, with Ebony on it. Yeah. And people love to rock that, right? <laughs> yeah. What is it about car culture that you love so much? It's just... um. I actually haven't been too involved with car culture lately. It's just, but I mean, you do make a lot of friends because you get to find other people that have the same passion as you do. So some of my best friends, of course, are car related. And even if they're not even into cars as much as they used to be when we first, you know, started hanging out, we still hang out because we've already developed the relationship. So, but as far as car culture, I mean, it's just, that is really pretty much it. Just finding the other people that have the same passion. Um, can't think of anything else there's like uh this huge subsection of car culture which is the stance and the drift cars yeah and it's a subsection yeah it's not a main part yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's got this weird like it it's so strong mm -hmm. and for people who don't understand it they there's it's really hard to explain it to them it because is. they're like why do people drive around with all this camber yeah. <laughs> and why do you drive? Like, you can't get up a driveway. <laughs> How do you explain that to people who just don't get it? I try to think of that uh, one day, and I think the best ex explanation is it's it's a challenge. It's basically, Stance is trying to run the biggest wheels possible while still being low. So I wasn't really into Stance until I started to understand I needed Stance. Like, um, so Ebony, I've had that car since 2010. So, I mean, she's been through a bunch of phases. She's been, you know, just um, had performance tires, used to take it to hell and do mountain runs with other BMWs. And then one day I got some, I got some, some wheels that were kind of big. I was already low going through different phases. Then I got some wheels that were big. They were 18 by 10s. And I came from 17 by 8s. So it was like huge difference. And I had to raise my car up just to put the wheels on there. And I looked at it like this thing looks like a monster truck. <laughs> I got to figure something out. So then I, you know, that's when the first time I stretched tires. After I stretched the tires, I can lower it a little bit more. And it's like, if I had a little bit of camber, maybe I could tuck it, tuck it under the fenders. And the next thing I know, I was slammed on the ground. I had... I think at one point I had negative twelve degrees camber in the rear, and it, it was it was it was ridiculous. Looking yeah. back, it's ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all part of that challenge of um, seeing how big a wheel you can have and still be extremely slammed to the ground. So that's that's really that's really all it is. I mean, now it's kind of getting a little overboard. Um, now people are trying a little bit too hard, I believe. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. It's the challenge. You, you think it's um you getting older that it seems like it's getting too much or what, I, I, what is because that's i always think that to you know when i see younger generation do things that i used to do and i'm like oh like they're not doing it right i'm like oh, <laughs> fuck i'm just a boomer <laughs> no <laughs> you know? I, I actually i actually felt like that when i was like heavy in it um 
there there were some builds out there that were just obnoxious and i'm like that's too much for me and that was when i was in it and so i don't think i got older because uh i have another car now that i actually plan on stancing you know it was uh another e36 convertible that um just got wheels for it and it's low but it's not you know it's not stanced yet so I'm, i plan on do doing a stance build on that car but i don't plan on going that crazy and overboard sim racing uh sim racing sim driving is booming it's yeah. growing really fast and it almost seems as though regular call culture is on the decline yeah the there's a huge push towards electric so we're losing a subsection of cars there um, the street takeover market has kind of, I mean, the cops are cracking down on modified cars mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. And we saw that in California and now we're seeing that here in Georgia as yeah. well. Teenagers aren't getting their driver's license like they used to. They don't need to drive. And I always say there's a good chance that my daughter may never drive a car in her life. We may have a family Tesla in 15 yeah. or 16 or 20 years that just goes, picks her up and yeah. drives her to where she goes. And she may never drive. That's true. And, and maybe. That's true. I mean, if not in her high school years, definitely by the time she's 20 or 30 years old, she's not driving. Mm-hmm. As a car guy, where do you think the car scene is going? Well, they're definitely making a strong push for electric, which in my opinion and in a lot of other people's opinions is pretty boring because you know the sounds of the car is what makes the car and the smell the smell uh, yeah I, it's just that burning fuel the catalysts and all that stuff that's that's what the pops and flames and that that's what makes driving a car fun i remember when i first got my m3 it was bone stock first thing i did was exhaust Yep. And immediately after that, I was like, oh, I love this car. Because <laughs> when I first drove it stock, I was like, it's cool. It's fun. It didn't really change horsepower or anything. It's just, but the sound of it just, I was like, okay, this is a fun car to drive. So that's going to be tough in the future when they do that. I wonder if things will change because, uh, you know, that you start to see some drawbacks of trying to go full electric now, um, like power grids and stuff, Not not enough not enough power um you have to deal with battery issues like this there's definitely gonna be some cons in the future for that but as far as losing our internal combustion chamber engines it's 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 gonna be tough so and like i said there's so much ai in everything now it's like you're not even driving your own car anymore so it's it's weird it's like i drove a gtr which i mean gtr isn't you know the newest car but I remember I drove a GTR, and when the guy told me, when you drive it, just let the car shift itself. It shifts faster than you pressing the pedals because it knows exactly where it needs to shift and everything. And it's like, the car was fun, but it's not as fun because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it just flooring it and just holding it straight, and the car is doing everything for me. So it's going to be like that in the future, too, just without sound. And it's going to be like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, there's this push for uh, the Teslas to, or in the electric cars, to start having their own sound because in the beginning they were so quiet mm-hmm. that people were just hitting, running into them, yeah. or they were just running over squirrels. I almost got hit by one. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a parking lot. I was walking through the parking lot, did not hear the Tesla, and all of a sudden it was bright red, and all of a sudden I saw something red 
coming towards me in the middle of the parking lot. And I look over and was like, oh, that's a car. (laughs) When I had my I-8, I used to, when I used to leave my house, I'd go into like the electric mode. Mm -hmm. And they're completely silent, especially because it's not like it is now where they have the little whine and kind of Mm -hmm. sound. Exactly. And I was going down uh, the street trying to leave my subdivision and there was a squirrel crossing. (laughs) And I'm thinking this squirrel is going to get out of my way. Uh You don't want to swerve when you see a squirrel because if you swerve, the chance of you hitting it increases. You just go the route and let the squirrel decide. Decide. And it, the car must have been too quiet. The squirrel just stood there, didn't move, and just crunch. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know? I didn't want to do that. I thought I was doing the right thing by just slowing down and going the route. You know, but crushed right over it. And I was like, oh, man, this is not good. I had to go pick it up, like throw it into the woods. Yeah. It was a mess. <laughs> Disgusting. We talked a little bit about uh, your daughter and how that changed the perspective on your life. That's kind of what we started with. And uh, you seem like a guy who has a big group of people around you. People turn up for you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of indicator of who you are. Um, I watched the video where you had your birthday party. Yeah. And, I mean, it, 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 was, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. And uh, it's just so awesome to see. But on the other hand, I sometimes think that having a large group of friends and a strong support structure, it kind of creates this comfort zone where it makes you a little comfortable and doesn't, it hinders you from pushing as hard as maybe you could if you felt like you were alone. To me, it's the exact opposite Mm. because since I know I have so many people watching me, then I feel like I have to keep pushing because that, that was one of the things I liked about doing YouTube. I had a car in the garage that sat there doing nothing. And once I started doing YouTube, you know, people were hyped to see the build start. I'm like, okay, well now the people are watching. Now I have to do it. So I think, um, there's like a responsibility to the people that are watching. Yeah. So, um, so it actually makes me work harder because I do motivate a lot of people. A lot of people have told me that. So, and because of that, I definitely have to focus on, um, being strong and, Showing my strengths and even when I have weaknesses, I you know, I tell my weaknesses and that is that definitely motivates me even more to work harder because I know people are watching. Because the argument is and I've had a lot of people here and a lot of people say that that they really focus on keeping their inner circle small, mm-hmm. that they work with a small group of people. Um, for me, at least, I if I have a friend. I want them to give me bad news. Mm-hmm. If I give, if I show up with an idea, I want them to be like, that idea sucks. Yeah, you don't want a bunch of yes men around you. Exactly. But if you have a large friend group, you're inevitably giving people a lot of support, mm-hmm. and which is good at the same time, you know, like maybe you need the hard truth. Yeah. Um, as far as my, my real circle, it is very, very small. So I do have those people, uh, especially Sam. Um, I, lo- I bring a lot of stuff up to Sam before I even start on something. She'll tell me if she likes the idea or something. And sometimes she just, you know, I don't want to say she doesn't care, but sometimes she's like, hey, you know, do what you want. If you think that's going to work, then, you know, go for it. So it's, um, but I do have a small circle. 
And as far as the masses, I don't really focus too much on what the masses opinions are because at the end of the day, I have to be happy. So that is really my focus, focus on me. And then if you guys watch it, you guys watch it. So that's, uh, that's as far as I go with that. But yes, like you said earlier, you don't want, you do want some criticism. You do want stuff like that around because you can be out here making bad decisions. And if you have a, a large group of people hyping you on, then that's not good for you. Cause I see that with other people on Instagram, like they'll, post stuff on Instagram of them driving crazy and then because everybody in the comments is like, yo, you killing it, you killing mm. it, they keep doing it. Yeah. Because they're trying to impress all those people. But then eventually you get a wreck or get arrested and it's like, okay, well, where are your friends now? That's exactly what I think when I see the uh street takeovers going on these days. Yeah. It's a because bunch of hype. It's so. so much hype. It's really dangerous. And um I don't know. And they're just gonna ruin cars for everybody. That's what I think. Because they used to do that a lot in California. And then now they got exhaust laws. They got mm -hmm. tin laws. You can't drop your car too far. I mean, the amount of laws against car modification that happened in California because of that street takeover was just, I mean, it's not even fun to have car in California anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're getting to that point here where, I mean, you, you can get the ticket for your exhaust being loud. That didn't used to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you right, pop, 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 pop. And that was the most fun thing about a car. Yeah. You know, and they're they're gonna start taking that away. And that kind of makes me sad yeah. to see that. So Harrison Neville was here the other day, and um we were talking about successful content creators. Mm -hmm. And one of the topics that we talked about was that it seems as though most successful content creators are introverts. They like being alone they like the solo grind they like sitting there for hours by themselves editing because you have to enjoy it that's exactly what i do <laughs> do you I think you're that way yes i'm definitely introverted most of my editing is the middle of the night and when i do my sim driving i do that in the middle of the night because everybody in the house is asleep so there's like no distractions it's just just me i can focus on doing me and yeah i do that is exactly exactly what it is because we used to have i used to have my office my computer right next to the bed so i'd wake up i'd edit but then you know you got kids playing and then you know sam needs with this and needs that so eventually i had to bring it down to an office and usually when i go in there i don't always close the door but sometimes when i really need to focus i'll close the door like i'm working i have to do this and this is the only way i can do it is if i'm introverted if i'm by myself so that definitely is uh that definitely makes a big difference and yeah i i love it i am an introvert i am popular on you know you know instagram and stuff but on you know behind the scenes i'm by myself majority of the time i always thought that was interesting because it's the opposite of what people assume yes you know people would think that people that have these huge outgoing personalities mm. would do really well on the internet but they don't yeah. because those people need people yeah and the ones that actually do really well on the internet like solitude, like the time alone, like the quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, and all these people that are naturally extroverted in life look at all these people on the internet and like, I'm going to be like them. Not realizing that they're completely different. They're completely opposite, <laughs> you know? yeah. So there's this weird disconnect <laughs> that you're trying to mimic someone that's not like you, yeah, but you think you are because their persona is different than 
Their real life. Yeah. It's like you mentioned Harrison. So the complete opposite is Haas. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, they definitely have two completely different personalities. But, yeah, it's just it's just funny. So you talked a little bit about that you don't want to retire as a UPS driver. Yes. That you don't want to, that you would like to move on in your life to something else. And possibly YouTube and content creation in some way or form would be that goal. What's your plan? So um, when I started doing the YouTube vlogs for the car stuff, that was my plan. But again, like I explained earlier, it does cost a lot of money. Every time you film a video, it's usually you're installing parts. And of course, those parts cost money. So you don't you rarely get your money back from that. You did YouTube for a while. It doesn't pay as much as everybody thinks. Not at all. <laughs> everybody thinks like, oh, you, you have 10,000, 20,000 subscribers. Oh, you must be making like 50 grand a year. No. No. <laughs> it does not pay I that wish. Much. Yeah, it does not pay that much. I know, but when it does come to YouTube, um, you don't make a lot in revenue. And I learned this from Harrison too. He says he makes most of his money from brand deals mm -hmm. and sponsorships and stuff. So... Um, working on trying to get some of that stuff, more more of that stuff to help out. Um, O'Reilly's did help out. I did a commercial for O'Reilly's. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so um, they 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 paid me, which you know paid for a few few video videos. But all so, that money goes back into content, exactly. and that's the problem. It, yeah, nothing exactly. goes in your pocket. Exactly. So here's um, when it comes to the sim drifting channel. This is why I really like it. And like I said, I, I'm doing it for fun anyways. That way, if it doesn't go anywhere, then, you know, I'm still having fun. Uh, when it comes to sim drifting, the reason I started it is because my drift car is actually broken. And I missed out on an event. I was like, I need to I need to do something. You know, I'm having an itch to drift, and I can't drift right now. And so I started doing uh, the sim drifting, and it was fun. So I was like, I might as well just record this. And then I started recording it. I made a separate channel. And when it comes to that, the beauty of it is I don't have to keep investing money into it. You know, so like if I come down Yet. there, yeah, well, I, <laughs> you're going to start upgrading yeah, your equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I plan on getting, you know, after stuff, you know, money comes in that I can upgrade. But as far as like every single video I make, it doesn't really cost me anything. So I see that channel, especially since it picked up, you know, start, it started to pick up so quick. I started the channel in November and it got monetized in December. Which is crazy yeah. because that that's, regular vlog channel took years. Yeah, that is super <laughs> fast. So once I saw that, I was like, whoa, I might have something here. So um Plus you enjoy it. Yeah, plus I enjoy it. So I mean, either way, either way, if it does something or it doesn't, I enjoy it. And I actually learn from it because a lot of sim drifters and you know, sim drivers, you know, they learn techniques and stuff that they learn on the sim and then they take it into real life and it actually makes a difference. So Do you think it'll translate? It will. It definitely will. Um have you tried drifting real cars after, say, I, your three months of I haven't, drafting? I haven't yet. Um, I have an event um, February that I plan on getting into. I'm curious to see how yeah. that goes. But I, <laughs> If there's but, a disconnect yeah. or you yeah. think you're so much better than you are <laughs> in the all of a sudden, first wall. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's actually, I actually know uh, people personally that learned how to sim drift on PC and then went out there to drift in real life and they were they were good. Really? It's, yeah, fresh out of the box because... In doing both, it's actually harder on the computer because mm -hmm. when you're in a car, you feel G-forces. You can feel the turn car when it's loose and there's, like, you know, a lot of force feedback. The car is telling you what's going on. When you're on a sim, 
all you see is a screen. You just see what your car is pointed at, and that's it in a wheel. You have two feelings. That's it. So you have to master those two feelings. So when I first did it, it took me probably a good two weeks to like even get decent at the game. I mean, I saw you hitting a lot of walls. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it took a while to even get decent at the game. So, And then even after I started to learn new techniques and stuff on the game, that I'm going to try, you know, in real life. So hopefully, hopefully it works and I don't hit a real wall, but <laughs> I, I do have to remember this it's is it's a lot a, more expensive yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to hit a wall in real life. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that sim drifting doesn't, well, it won't cost me every time I need to upload content. Then I could see that being more, uh, being more profitable and sustainable as far as, you know, like a, you know, a, a good, I want to call it a money maker. Cause it seems like a money grabbing. That's not true, but something that can help me actually have a career, mm. you know, outside of UPS. So, and that's something that you adamantly would like to do. Yes. And is content creation kind of really the focus and goal or is it one of the ways it, or are you all in on, hey, I'm going to be a content creator. After, after I started the gaming channel and started doing that math, I said, I can actually, I, I could see, the gaming channel being my main focus. Mm. I'm not going to, for anybody watching the vlogs, I'm not going to stop the vlogs, but um, I could see that being, again, because it can make money coming in. It doesn't cost to, you know, go out all the time. So that's going to be, I, I really would like that to be, you know, my career path. Because we obviously were both friends with Steve the Gamer. Yes. And he does very well playing GTA 5 online. Exactly. But he tries to play other games sometimes. I've seen it, yeah. And he just has to come back to GTA. Yeah. He's stuck yeah. in GTA 5. No yeah. matter how much he wants to branch out and do other things, mm -hmm. his audience just brings him back mm -hmm. to GTA 5. And I don't, it's not something that he says, but from my perspective, it almost looks like he's stuck. Mm -hmm. Is that something you concern? Or it's like, I'll deal with that problem when I get there. Because <laughs> no, obviously um, he's huge. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm trying to focus on now, because uh, if you build up an audience based around one game and you try to play some other games, like you said, you, they, no, I want to see you play this. I'm subscribed to see you play this. So now when it comes to this, I'm actually playing. I'm going back and forth between two different games. I'm going to add like three and four. So it's not necessarily going to be tied to one game. It will all be sim drifting because I mean, I've titled it sim. I be drifting. And if I want to make another gaming channel, I can in the future. But if um if I out of the box I show that I'm playing different games and rotating, then I think I don't think I'm gonna be stuck playing one type of game or one game. So playing multiple games is a conscious decision that you've made. Yeah, yeah. And then it's kind of fun because the games are different. So you actually you have to drive one game differently and then drive another game differently. And going back and forth, you actually kind of learn from both. So it, it, it helps. So I remember I was playing one game. It's more arcade style. And the arcade game, I could just kind of send it, just kind of play around. And the other game is like super meticulous, like really easy to spin out. So after playing that game and then going back to the game, it was like, oh, this is kind of hard. <laughs> so, um, but you also learn different stuff. And again, I don't, I'm, I don't, out of the box, I didn't want to put myself in a box. And I kind of did that with my main YouTube channel too. Um, I can kind of in a box now because I've been working on the same type of cars mostly, but I know I can probably branch out because I do do different stuff. Like I have basically a show car 
I have a drift car and I have um, a, you know, going to be a stance car. And I still have the M3, which is, you know, just loud, whatever. So I'm not, they're all BMWs, but they're all different types of Mm -hmm. BMWs, if that makes sense. So I'm not exactly in a box in there. And plus I do car reviews, which I haven't been doing as much. Like I said, I have a daughter. Give me them keys. I know. Where's that at? (laughs) I know. (laughs) That was um, also a really good series. Yeah, I I love it. So many things going on is really the problem, right? Yeah, it's just, it's hard finding the time. Like I actually have cars lined up right now that I want to drive, but Mm. it's just... You know, weekends come and I, I got to oh, do bro. this. I got to do this. I got to do when that. When you did give them keys with Hoss's Rolls Royce <laughs> and you showed up in the tuxedo. I mean, bro. That yeah. was just the best. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had, I had I had to do something different for that car. When I was, I was like, he's going to let me drive this thing. I have to. I, I went on Amazon and ordered something that night. And I was like, uh, I got an idea for this one. Oh, so. that was the best one. I'm going to link that one in the description here because I'm just thinking about that moment when you got out of that car. And uh, I was like, I can't believe he did this. Yeah. And Haas was, um, I, I got dressed. I showed up there in regular clothes and I got dressed in his guest house and he was like doing something in the in the yard. And as soon as I walked out, he just started cracking up. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had no idea I was going to do that. Uh, he had no idea. Yeah. He just surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that's a good one. So you do a lot of things and obviously you're very focused mm-hmm. on what you want to do, what you want to achieve. What drives you? Uh, just that, honestly, getting out of work. Like, I really hate my job. Mm. It's sad to say I really hate my job. And it's like every day, like, I feel like, again, it's hard to take the plunge yeah. um, just to quit, especially after 15 years. It's hard to just snap your fingers and say, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. But that is the motivation to get out of there. So when I'm at work, even though my job is tough, I use that as motivation. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm mad at work right now. And because of that, when I get home, I need to get my ass up and do something. So that is, right now, it's motivating me. It's driving me. I don't want to be, um, what's the word, complacent. Mm. I don't want to be, you know, be just doing this as my regular job for the rest of my life for 50 years, however long. So I already know I want to make a change. So because of that, I'm focusing on making a change every day because I go to work every day. And it, it got to the point where it feels like I'm wasting time at work, mm. you know, because I'm there, you know, 10 to 12 hours of my day. And it's like, I and could have you been, do long shifts. Yeah. And I was like, I could be doing so much more stuff about what's just at home right now. So even like last week I was on vacation and it wasn't really vacation. It was just work instead of being on vacation and sitting at home watching TV. No, I was still up early every day, just like I would go to work, but I worked on my other stuff, you know, so. Do you, thought experiment, do you wonder what it would be if you took those 12 hours per day, five days a week, 60 hours a week Mm -hmm. working at UPS, and you you had the opportunity to devote 60 hours a week extra to content creating? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly my like thought how every week. Far could that grow? And it's such a huge risk because what if it doesn't? Exactly. Yeah, that's the. But what if it part. does? But yeah, but what if it does? <laughs> you but know, what if it does? like how do you find that balance and how do you make that decision? And maybe do you think one day you're like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it? And it's so again, so scary because mm-hmm. you have family to look after. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing now, like I said, so it's like I work there full time, and then with the other YouTube 
jobs and stuff, it's like I'm working, you know, I come home and then I work part time. So I'm trying to get my part time to, you know, to build up enough to where I know I can take the plunge now. You know, when when the part time is like, you know, I it's making enough money where I can take a chance at leaving this. And that way, if it doesn't work, I'm still I still have something coming in. And if I have to hop back into another job or something, I can. But it's just trying to build this up part time, which is, of course, late nights and stuff. And then but yeah, I think once I build this up to where, you know, my goal is and I drop that and go 100 percent in, then I think I'll be fine. It's just getting to that point. What is that goal? What's that number? Um, Is it a subscriber count? Is it a, a watch time? Is it kind of a monetization? Like, what is going to be the thing that says, UPS, fuck you, I'm out of here? <laughs> What's going to be that line? It's um, it's the goal I'm trying to have in my mind to where I knew I could say, fuck you, UPS, is when this pays the bills and not UPS. And that way I'll still work at UPS. And then whatever I make there, I just save and back up and stack as my cushion for when I make the plunge, then, you know, if this starts to slow down, well, I still have something here. So I basically try to turn that into my full-time job while I still have a full-time job, if that makes sense. It does. It seems like you have 10 jobs. Yeah, it it (laughs) definitely feels like that. (laughs) So there's the idea that hard times make strong men. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously, through our conversation, you're someone that is willing to do hard shit, things that you don't want to do on a daily basis in order to achieve a bigger goal. If you had to describe maybe what your biggest hardship in life would have been, something that made you who you are, what do you think that moment would be? Um, so my parents got divorced when they were 15, and my mom's been struggling a lot ever since and you know trying to be a single parent and because I have a sister too so she's trying to raise both of us we were still living in California and it was hard and I I could see it's hard for her especially now that I'm an adult and have kids so I can definitely relate to it more and I guess just seeing how hard it is not being able to get the nicest shoes that all my friends got and stuff like that it's like I don't want to be in that position I don't want to put my kids in that position. So that's part of the hardship that growing up and trying to get out of and staying out of and just being just comfortable. Because, I mean, at that point, you're just like you're going to work. Soon as you come home from work, soon as you get a paycheck, it's gone because it goes immediately to bills and stuff. So it's like you can't even call out of work no matter how tired or sick you are because you know there's a bill that needs to be paid by this Thursday or it's getting disconnected. So trying to get away from that, trying to be in a position where, I mean, I, I don't feel like going to work today and I could just call out and just like, you know, that, that that's a wrap. I don't, I don't feel like doing it. And eventually just quit the job and then have something else going for me. So that hardship, the paycheck to paycheck, the struggle and everything that I kind of grew up in, you know, I guess that translates to now that I don't want to be in that position or have my family in that position. Hmm. In the beginning of the conversation, um, I said that you have like this cult following. I feel like I'm going to 
title this video the legend of it's black <laughs> something like that <laughs> to close if you could give a final piece of advice to all the people that watch you regularly or maybe even better a final piece of advice to your daughter who may watch this mm. in 10 years if you wanted to leave her a message because i saw in your thing where um you you recorded the delivery of your baby you said something in the comments of so you, when you could watch this when you're older yeah <laughs> if you could leave her a piece of advice and i think that piece of advice would resonate with other people as well mm. what would you like to say to them simply if you have a goal don't give up. You can reach the goal. It like I like I explained earlier, it seems hard because you don't know how to do it. I'm sure when Steve the Gamer won of the game full time, it was hard for him at one point. I'm sure it's a whole lot easier for now. Harrison Neville, again, he was doing his shoes, doing his fashion thing when he started. I'm sure it was hard at one point. Didn't give up. He kept going. He's doing all right. Haas. I know Haas has been running businesses, buying businesses, and doing everything. I'm sure it was hard for him too. Um and but the goal is to not give up. And once you have your eyes set on something you really want to do, just keep focusing on what you really want to do. Don't think about, don't, don't let excuses take over your mindset. Don't let um, distractions and everything trying to, you know, trying to take you out of your focus. Just have a focus, get to the focus. That's it. That's all I can think of. Words to live by. Words to live by. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Don't, don't, Appreciate don't you up. coming out today. Don't, don't give up ever. Don't, don't ever. give up ever. Don't matter. I'm tired right now. I'm not giving up. <laughs> thank you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, man. Thanks for coming. Well, I came, but. <laughs>